Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And today, I want to talk with you about six sneaky ways we ruin our happiness. If you are stuck in a rut, if you are feeling irritated and upset about what is going on in your life, maybe you may be suffering from what I'm going to be explaining to you. So stay tuned after this short break and we will get straight into it. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you are here. If this is your very first time listening, I'm wrapping my arms around you and giving you a big old electronic squeeze. So glad that you're here with me. I know that you could be at a whole bunch of other places, but I'm very grateful that you're here. The Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast is not just designed for introverts or for entrepreneurs. It's designed for anyone who wants to improve how they relate to others and the world, and more importantly, how they relate to themselves. Too many of us have been stuck on autopilot just repeating thoughts and ideas that are not even helpful to anyone, including themselves. And us having these conversations are going to help us to be able to be better parents, business owners, friends, lovers, like all all parts of your life. And that's what we are going to be doing in our time with one another each and every episode. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And those of you guys who have been listening for multiple episodes, I really appreciate you sharing, writing a review, letting other people know about this podcast because I can't grow this podcast by myself. I try to be my own hype man, but I can only do but or hype woman, but I can only do but so much. So I greatly appreciate your communicating with other people about what you've been enjoying, what you've been learning, and obviously showing through your behavior that you want more for yourself and for your community. That being said, if you're interested in learning more about me, interested in working with me, or just reading one of my many articles about self-care, addictions, traumas, anger issues, so many different topics I can talk about like ad nauseum, check out denisegli.com. I'm leaving the link in the show notes below. And also you can be able to access your life script. For those of you guys who don't know, there, Eric Byrne, he founded a, a spinoff of psychology called transactional analysis. And basically he explains about how all of us unconsciously do things that were modeled to us from our childhood. And his one of his protégés, Claude Steiner, wrote a book called Scripts People Live. And what I did was I took the messages that Eric Byrne and Claude Steiner wrote and made a little 15-minute quiz. Please take your time if you haven't done so already. I'm also leaving a link in the show notes below, or you can check it via Denise T. Lee. Either way, you can access it either way. But anyway, it's a 15-minute quiz, and I go through some very introspective questions to help you understand how were you scripted to live your life and this might be really eye-opening if you have found yourself in patterns that are destructive and just not helpful so check that out if you haven't done so already and everything that we're going to be talking about is really more in my one-on-one coaching program and also obviously you can check that out at denisechili.com Anyway, let's get into today's episode. You know, (laughs) one of the things that I always have to be honest about with clients, 
is that even though I'm a life coach, I have dealt with all these issues that I'm going to say. So before I even announce and go into each and every of these ways that we ruin our happiness, don't think that Denise doesn't struggle with any of these things. I, I definitely struggle with it. Some days are better than others, but it's just what it is. So I'm going to say all the lists out loud and then I'm going to get straight into it. And obviously, if you have a pen, paper, something to jot down, please write it down so you can circle and identify which things that you need to work on. Or if journaling or writing things down is not an option, at least make sure that you're mentally recording it and thinking about this later because it's not just enough just to listen to me talk about this. But if you just listen to it, it's kind of like looking at yourself in a mirror and then you turn around and you don't even recognize what your face look like. So it is with knowing yourself. If you don't take the time to really investigate deeper, you're going to keep repeating things. Carl Jung, protege of Sigmund Freud, psychiatrist, famous psychiatrist, said that if you don't make the unconscious conscious, you'll repeat the exact same things over and over and call it fate. And I don't want that for you. I don't want you to be repeating things that are not helpful then and it's not helping you now. Okay. That being said, let's get into it. So my six sneaky ways that we ruin our happiness is envy, entitlement, perfectionism, mind reading, future telling, and people pleasing. I'll repeat that list again. Envy, entitlement, perfectionism, mind reading, future telling, and people pleasing. So let's now talk about it. The first and foremost one is entitlement. We all know what entitlement looks like. For example, the kids that grow up in upper middle class or rich neighborhoods and they expect to have the exact same lifestyle they had when they were living with their parents or new business owners that think that their experience as employees in Fortune 100 or 500, whatever companies they are, and they think that their success and their job will translate to their business or they might have credentials, their doctor or lawyer or professor, or whatever. They have all these titles or perhaps they're associated with or affiliated with families that are, are very famous and they just think that their name or their association alone will give them what they want. And here's the thing about entitlement that's really insidious is that the more we think we owe we do something that someone owes us, the less we're actually going to get of it. And let me explain why that is. When you have this attitude of, I'm owed this, you will naturally have a short temper. You are easily irritable because things aren't moving at the time speed that you want, or you believe that people should just automatically know because of all these things that you've got associated with you that automatically you're owed something. And I myself have seen it many, many, many times when I was working as a medical exercise specialist, um, which is basically a fancy way of saying a personal trainer who helped people that have a chronic illness or injury. But anyway, I would go to some of these homes working with clients and they were spouses of millionaires and all this other stuff and they would just expect that I would drop everything and I would come see them even if I like they threw lots of money at me and then sometimes I just couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts or just short notice or whatever and it was just the entitlement would come I'm like don't you know who I am or isn't this money not enough and they expected to literally have people 
circle around them as if they were gods. And if we're not careful, we can also have entitlement syndrome. We could also have a little God complex on us where if we get a little bit of fame or a little bit of money, we are a little success. We honestly just think that we can just walk on water and that everybody needs to come and praise and adore and worship us. And when we're expecting all that things to happen, it makes us seem haughty, conceited. And who wants to be around someone who's conceited and thinking that they're better than anybody else? I personally don't want to hang out with those people. And because no one's associating with us, we just feel unhappy that we don't have company to spend time with. Is entitlement something that you're dealing with? The next thing I want to talk with you about is envy. Are you wanting what others have without knowing their own personal struggle? Are you overestimating their stuff while underestimating your capabilities or abilities? Envy is a serious issue that I see in the entrepreneurship world. I see in so many different circles. For example, let's just talk about entrepreneurship and I'll just give a personal example. Within entrepreneurship, you we all see this all the time on social media. I want to say Twitter, but now they've rebranded on X. But anyway, I'm on Twitter, by the way, Denise G. Lee. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes below if you're interested in chatting with me there. But anyway, you see it all the time on LinkedIn or X or all these other places where people are bragging about all their the money they're making or the followers that they have or all these other things that they've got going on. And as a result, you, you, you're not understanding that you don't only you only know a small portion of what they've gone through or if any or perhaps you don't even factor into the idea that maybe they're lying about what they've got cuz look here's the thing everyone uh, believes to some extent fake it till you make it don't let them see you sweat all those kind of idioms that basically go along the lines of i don't want anybody to know that i'm struggling and i'm fighting to get my name out there and i'm building my brand and i'm trying to do anything so i'm going to pretend that i've got it all together and that i'm the expert and i'm qualified and if you're sitting and you're observing all of that you could feel envious you could be thinking oh my goodness here i am i'm struggling and they're talking about all their new clients or they're talking about all the things that they've got going for them and i'm struggling to get x y and z when we're envying what we're doing is we're paying attention to the lush green grass that's on the other side imagine like you're in a neighborhood and you're just seeing all the green grass of all your neighbors and then meanwhile you're not even bothering watering your own lawn meanwhile you're the envy is literally sucking dry everything that you could be doing because you're so busy paying attention to what other people are doing let's think about in a personal area where think about you want to either lose weight or gain weight and you're you have you've been watching somebody achieve a goal that you want to achieve faster but you don't know about all the time and the money and the attention or the effort that they put on it all you see is the end result and you're like i just want what they have but here's the question do you want if you want what somebody has you have to do what they're doing and a lot of people who are envying they're not thinking about that part of the equation they're not thinking about okay if i really want this result their way i'm going to have to do it all the way not just half-heartedly or in and out like I have to go full tilt doing it and so if you're envious I want to ask you are you paying attention to what's 
within your control? Are you paying attention to what you can be doing right now to improve your place in life? There are always going to be people. Here's just a fact. There are always going to be people who are a little bit further ahead than you. But there's always going to be people who are behind you. And if we're not being grateful and present and aware about what we've got going on in our lives right now, we're missing out on all the opportunities in our present day. Sure, you may not be able to talk with this famous politician or media celebrity or whatever, but you can have conversations with people that are around you right now. Envy does a terrible job of blinding us to the things that are within our control and the things that we can do. Okay, let's move on and talk about perfectionism. <laughs> this is a really personal one for me. I'll never forget I was being this was the last job that I had professional job that I had before I became an entrepreneur. And I was in the job interview and the, the my then boss asked me to well tell me about something that you think is a flaw or a, a shortcoming that you have. And I thought about it and I said, "Well, my biggest flaw is that I'm a perfectionist." And he says, Oh, really? And then he went and he got out my application. He's like, I saw your writing sample and there was numerous typos and there was numerous grammatical errors. Did you have somebody else review it? And the fact of the matter is, I didn't have anyone review it because I was so self-conscious about being judged or criticized or ridiculed about anything I did. I couldn't allow my fragile state of mine be ruined by someone else's helpful comments to help me improve. Wouldn't allow it. When we're in this idea of perfectionism, we have this set of ideas that it has to go this way and there's no other deviations. There's no other way to do it. But when we're in perfectionism, we are robbing ourselves of seeing things that other people can see, but we can't. And yeah, I got that job, but I was a diversity hire, so I should have never got that job anyway, but I digress. The, I, I, what I'm p- trying to tell you in this conversation is that for too many of us, we're so stuck on this idealism that it has to go this way and no matter what, that we, these rigid rules are literally driving ourselves insane. How many of us have got ourselves stuck and bitterness and resentment because we have an idea fixed in our mind about how things should be done around the house or how things should be done at our job. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a business owner, you have every right, but is it efficient to have things done this way each and every way or are there better, quicker and more efficient ways of doing things? Because here's the thing, getting stuck in one rigid state of mind or having things done in order, no flaws, when you know you're a flawed person living in a flawed and imperfect world, is that really helping you? Or is that a, a status of excellence that we can perceive? For me, I'm all about seeking towards excellence, not perfection anymore, because perfectionism fueled my addiction, per- perfection fueled my insecurities and my fears, and I don't want to any of that mess anymore. I want to be living a lifestyle of excellence. And that means accepting the fact that I will mess up from time to time. Just yesterday, something like that happened to me. I was at my volunteer location, dispensing out clothing to people who are in need. And specifically, I work in an area where providing clothing and shoes and toys and stuff for kids in need. And there was a woman and her young child, she came up 
and I inadvertently started hanging up the same clothes that she wanted to bag up and take for for herself and I, I was like oh I can't believe this and I looked at her and I, I apologized and I said look I'm so sorry about this please uh, find another set of clothing that you can take and I'll make sure that I don't mix this clothing up with anybody else's clothing we make mistakes all the time and if you know you make mistakes why are you demanding perfection that's insane. You're not a robot. We all make mistakes. Even when we try to minimize them, these things, errors happen. And while I'm at it, love, why are you putting so much perfectionism and standards on other people? Why are you expecting people to behave perfectly all the time? That's not, that's not realistic. That's going to set you and your up, and the people that are around you up for misery. I just had to throw that out there for some of you guys who are trying to control and dominate someone, which is basically saying, I don't feel secure in myself, so I'm trying to externalize it to other people. But I digress. Anyway, let's move on and talk about the next issue. We are on now future telling. Oh my gosh, I love this. When I was growing up, there was a very popular program called Miss chloe miss chloe and she she talked into a, a fake jamaican accent and she said she knows all your secrets and she had a little uh literally a crystal ball and she had tarot cards and she said yes yes i know and next week you will find your next new job or i know your your new lover is coming just be patient i see it and she would just take like little things that people say and would blow it up and I guess to make people feel good. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that too many of us are trying to future tell with other people. For example, you see someone who gives you a, what you appear as a a displeasant look, but what you don't know is they're feeling nauseous because they are six weeks pregnant and they're not telling anybody because they're waiting until they hit their first trimester. Or perhaps... You are not having conversations with someone you really thought was important to you and you thought you they were ride or die, that they would be with you forever. Come to find out they had a horrific personal crisis going on and they haven't been able to catch a breath. And we're concluding that they hate us, but we don't really know what they're going on. Too many of us are future telling things based on our insecurities and limited information and because we are so anxious and so afraid we're always rushing to the worst case scenario where we're rejected where we're alone we're going to be destitute and homeless and impoverished and all these terrible things we go through our mind that's called future telling if you want to be happy staying stuck in things that you don't know the outcome is going to make you go insane. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have grown up in a very painful childhood or dysfunctional situation where there was so much chaos and so much confusion and so much drama, you may have become addicted to drama and confusion as an adult. And drama and pain feels more normal because you never know when the good things are going to be taken away. So you always default to just look at things worse. And sometimes in some situations, let's be real, you might even create scandals and drama because the boring and the calm and the sauce may feel scary to you. 
that's normal too. If you've grown up with that kind of scenario. But I have to say this to you. Are you constantly robbing yourself of happiness because you're trying to predict things that you can't control? And look, when I say things you can't control, you can't control anything or anyone except your thoughts. And when you think about negative things, you kind of manifest it. And let me give you an example. You're thinking, I'm never going to build my business. And because you don't feel like you're never going to grow your business, your business never going to grow, then you procrastinate. And then the procrastination leads to more self-loathing. And the self-loathing leads to pity. And then the next thing you know, weeks and months and heck, even a year or so goes by and your business is nowhere further than when you first said that I'm never going to grow your business. I'm never going to grow my business. Because you were future telling through a lens of negativity. So please don't do this. That's how you ruin your happiness because you're focusing on all the things that are beyond your control. Control your thoughts. Control how you think about things. Choose not to dwell on the negativity because the negativity has a sneaky way of amplifying itself. Okay. Now let's move into mind reading. That's, oh gosh, that's definitely, it kind of melded in with future telling, but let's, this is definitely something that I have been guilty of mind reading is that you look at what somebody's doing and you personalize it as a personal attack against you. For example, you're driving. This is a common example. You're driving a car and somebody cuts you off and you're thinking that's SOB or that BI, you know, rhymes with itch. She is causing she could cause a traffic accident. How dare her? What does she think she's doing? And what you don't know is she's going through her own anxiety and issues about being late for an event, or he is worried about something that's going on in his job, and or he's listening to loud music and he's really pumped up on dopamine and he's just really excited and edgy and not really paying too much attention to what how he's driving. We come to conclusions based on what we perceive other people are doing and more often than not we're totally off base we're totally wrong and let, let me give you another example let's assume that let, let's pretend I mean, this actually may be happening to some of you guys who are listening you've got a employee or a teammate that shows up late or is always delivering content late that you really need and you thought you've had conversations about them with them you thought they understood but then they still keep doing it come to find out this person's so wrapped up with perfectionism or fear of criticism that they actually sabotage themselves and not give anything to you but in your mind you're thinking this person's incompetent and they're lazy you don't know what people are thinking and so the way we screw up our happiness is we try to get into the heads of other people and try to figure out what they're thinking about. And the fact of the matter is we don't really know what they're thinking about. And even if we did, do we have the compassion to really understand it? Or are we so fixed on our own personal issues, we don't pay attention to how they're experiencing things for their own lens, their, their own vision of reality because look here's the thing there imagine a car crash that's on a street right and one person 
could be focusing on the people that got injured. Another person could be focusing on the property that was damaged. Another person could be focused on the bystanders that might get hurt. Everyone's focused on different angles. But if we're trying to only think about one perspective or one idea of what we see, we could be missing out on a whole bunch of other things. So future telling and mind reading, they're all kind of interlaced. But it's the whole idea of, are you thinking of things accurately? Are you really factoring in all the other things that you may not have considered? Now, the last thing that I want to talk about is this idea of people pleasing. People pleasing is also lovingly known as codependency. And by the way, I always recommend the book Codependent No More by Melody Beat. Saved my life, saved millions of others' lives about understanding how trying to rescue, enable, and shield people from the consequences of their own action actually hurts everyone, especially the the codependent or people pleaser. When we are trying to people please, we are so focused on other people at the expense of our own happiness, our own sanity. There is a reason why there is an organization called Codependence Anonymous, C-O-D-C as in cat, C-O-D-A dot org. If you're interested in learning more about it, it literally will help save your life. If you find yourself paying for the bills of grown men and women, even though they have a job of their own because they don't know how to manage their own money or trying to enable someone who is addicted to a substance or a chemical or, or shopping or whatever. Too many of us have ruined our lives trying to rescue people. And while it makes us feel quote unquote useful for that moment, all it does is drain us of our own personal power. Let's talk about the other version of people pleasing where we want approval from other people. Perhaps we had a very strict and domineering parent or parents that wanted us to be superstars in athletics or in sports or some other area of our of their lives that they excelled in and they want us to be clones. I was learning about one particular political family I'm not going to mention the actual last name because it's beside the point. But I, I was learning more about this particular politician. And I found out the this particular person was a, is a lawyer, obviously. And all he has, three out of four of his kids are lawyers. And they, they all went to prestigious universities. And they all were tr- more or less in the same political, political group. And they're more or less trying to live up to the legacy of their father. And one of the kids has a, a serious substance abuse issue and has had problems with the law and whatever. And when we're trying to seek constant approval from daddy or mommy or whoever, we start fragmenting emotionally. And because of that, we are more prone to cling to substances and some other things to cope with the pain and cope with anxiety and cope with the fear of not getting the respect and love and admiration that we want so desperately from certain people or objects of our affection. And that is definitely a killer of happiness and joy and frankly, sanity. And I'm hoping that if you're listening, if you are in a family where you have clout or there is a high need to want to get approval for the things that you do, I just want you to pause and ask yourself that is this desire for approval killing your happiness, killing your joy? And if so, 
what shifts do you need to make within yourself? Forget about the other person that you're trying to prove for because some of these people don't even know. And if they know, they don't care about how is it impacting you because they're so have their own dysfunction that they need to work through. But the point I'm trying to make is that how is that helping you right now, present day? Just something to think about. I know I talked about a lot of these things, envy, entitlement, perfectionism, mind reading, future telling, people pleasing. But what is the issue that you need to work through the most? What is the issue that you're like, oh my goodness, Denise, I wake up and I'm really wrestling with this issue. I would encourage you to dig a little deeper and ask yourself, where did that originate from? How is it helping me now? And why is it counterproductive to the things that I want to achieve? That's something that only you know the answer to. Now, obviously, you know, you can inquire about working with me if that's something that interests you. But at the very least, you just owe it to yourself to ask yourself these questions. Well, what did I say that was very interesting? I love to hear from you. Obviously, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I'm active on Twitter. I guess I know they call it X on X. My handle name is Denise G. Lee. You can contact me there. Obviously, you can contact me via Spotify if you are follow me via Spotify. By the way, I'd love to hear from you. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Please let other people know that way you can amplify this message. Well, that is it. Take care and be awesome.